I'm going to come to worship Him. You know, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit in this place. Come on. Come on. This is the building. We're the temple. But I, my prayer is that we will make this place an altar. Amen? That everywhere we go, that we understand that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We've been bought with a price. Come on, somebody. We are the children of God, and I pray that we are ready to worship Him no matter where we are, that we're living for Him no matter what we're going through, no matter what trials we face, that we are lifting up His name, glorifying Him because He is the King of glory. Amen? Amen. Do you love Him this morning? Can you just give Him one big hand clap of praise? Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Woo! Amen. Sit down for a minute. Come on. Our ushers are going to come in a moment, but I want to um, just reach out and just say, Caleb, we are praying for your family. Um, many of you are aware that his brother Josh passed away this week after a, a long battle, and uh, that's it's... It's not easy when anyone passes away, but when you see a young man pass away at such early age, uh, it, it's difficult knowing that there's children that are there. And I just want us to continue to remember his family. Um, this past week, I was in Loretta, Tennessee, where a friend of mine, if you were here last Sunday night, you heard me mention that um, I didn't realize he was as young as he was, but 39 years old, passed away with a heart attack. And... Um, you know, Kim and I had the privilege of getting to know this family, and the first day that he came to church at Busby, he came in his prison clothes. He had just got out of jail, and I had the pleasure of seeing him be transformed by the power of God and see him get his children back, see him buy a house, see his family come back together and be a, a, a vibrant part of the kingdom of God and, and a part of recovery systems within that area. We don't know the day nor the hour the Son of Man comes. Amen? But the greatest thing is, is that we can have our hearts prepared. And we can have our lives ready. And today I, I pray that as we go into the message and so on and so forth, that our ears will be in tune with what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church today. Amen? I mean, look, there's a whole lot of noises out in the world. Can I get a witness? There's a whole lot of distractions. But are we in tune with what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us? Are we inclined to grab a hold of the urgency of the gospel message for a world that's in need of Jesus? Because everybody needs Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. So that's my prayer. As, we, as our ushers come, we're going to pray for uh, the Livingston family. We're going to pray for the Clayton family and... And I know that, um, that there are others who are in need of prayer. We need to continue to remember Jim Blodgett and Sandy, um, that God will be with him and continue to touch him. Also remember the Godseys, Jack Godsey. Uh, the Lord would minister to him. Um, and, and I know, is there, is there a, another quest that you could make mention or make known by the raising of your hand? Yes. Yeah, and I know there's others. And I want to bring them before the Lord because we know that God is able Amen. He's able to meet us where we are and touch us. Father, I just thank you, Lord, that you are the strength of our life. That you carry us in our brokenness. Lord, that you embrace us with your peace. 
And Lord, I pray, God, that you'll just touch these families. I pray that you'll touch Josh's family and, and Caleb and all of those. Minister strength to them in this time of, of loss. I'm thankful to know that Josh was a man of God who loved you, who was called according to your purpose. And I pray, Lord, that uh, you'll give that, that resolve to his family to know that he is in the throne room today. And, and, and Lord, there's many of us who long for that, that day. And I pray that you'll just be with them and comfort them in this time. I pray that you'll just be with, with the Clayton family and their loss and love on those young girls that, uh, that have lost their dad and these sons of the living sons who lost. Embrace them, Lord. Help them to seek your face in the midst of this, to find that you are the strength of our life. God, I thank you, Lord, that you're in this place this morning. For, Lord, your promise to us is that we're two or three are gathered together in my name. I'm there in the midst. And, Lord, we have gathered here today, God, not for our own benefit, but we've gathered to glorify your name, to exalt you as the King of glory and the King of kings. And we ask that your Holy Spirit will just minister in this place this morning, Father. No matter what... No matter what we have carried in, no matter what trial that, we have, that we're facing and what struggle that we're going through, Lord, that we know that we can meet you in this place, that we have come together to meet you. And Lord, I pray that you'll intervene and, and minister wholeness and healing in every heart in this room, that your glory will be revealed to us today, God, that, that we'll sense the urgency of recognizing how close we are that moment where you step out of the clouds of glory. And Lord, may our hearts and minds be in tune with your spirit to recognize the seasons and times. And let us not be disparaged by all that is going on around us, but Lord, let us be sensitive to your spirit. Have your way, Lord, in this place. Thank you, God, for every gift, every giver. Thank you, God, for the privilege of being able to touch this community because of the people's faithfulness that honor you and glorify you, God. May we all lift up your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. continue our worship. Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord. We honor you. We glorify you this morning, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, we've waited for this day. We're gathered in your name. We're calling out to you. Your glory like a fire. Awaken
hallelujah. I'll raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. I'll raise a hallelujah. Come on. Louder than the unbelief. I'll raise a Hey! 
of my children calling out for me my ears attentive to your call I love you and I'm compassionate towards you I'm here to meet you where you are come to me all you who are weary all who are broken all who feel overwhelmed and know that I care for you let me embrace you today let me hold you today let me love on you today open your heart to me open your ears to what I'm speaking to you even right now. Know that I care. I've called you unto myself. Draw near to me today. Can you just take a moment and just lift your hands and recognize the presence of the Lord is in this place, that he cares about you. He desires you to experience him. 
Father, we just thank you, Lord. We praise you for this word that you have spoken in us today, God. Lord, you know where we are. You know everything about us. There's nothing hidden that, that you don't know. You know what we do in the middle of the night. You know what we do during the day. Everything about us is open. And Lord, you know our struggle, our weakness. And Lord, I'm so thankful that the Apostle Paul said, he said, in my weakness, you will be made strong. God, today we recognize that we are weak in so many things. And Lord, we surrender to you, Jesus. We surrender to the call that you are giving to us even right now, God, to come to you. And we submit our weakness. We submit our struggle. We submit our, our striving to you, Lord Jesus. And we recognize that you are speaking rest to us even now. Let your spirit fill this room. Fill this room, Lord Jesus. Fill us, Lord, with your presence today, Jesus. Have your way.
Lord gives us that says, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. This morning, I, I don't know where you're coming from. I don't know all your stories. But I do know this, that the Lord desires to fill the temple. The, the Lord desires to, for you to experience the fullness of his presence. We, we are so comfortable, Brother McGarity, today in, in dabbling on the fringes of worship. We, we, we tend to relate church into religious environments and it's our duty, it's obligation, it's, it's satisfying grandmother or mother or dad's desire, but, but the Lord wants to fill us. The Lord doesn't just want this to be a, a, a passing by where we come and say, well, mama made me go. Well, grandma did this, so I just feel like I should do it. And, and, and then we just slide in and we experience just the moment of a message and we raise our hands and we, we get these little feelings inside of us but we leave and we do not allow the Lord to fill the room we don't allow him and sadly it is because we're so full of everything else in the world that we don't know how to allow God to enter in we don't know how to empty out to allow God in and worship is that moment where we say Lord here I am before you the singing is is really just as much for us that it is for God because it's an emptying of ourself out. It is the saying, Lord, everything that is within me, every desire, every passion, I, I lay on the floor before you. I just put it before you, God, because I don't know how to handle all these emotions. I don't know how to handle all these struggles that I'm facing, but I do know this, God, that you're God and I need you. And Lord, you have to help me right now. Lord, I get down. I don't know if you need to make an altar where you are, if you need to come to the altar. But I do know this, that if you begin to sing, He's all I want. And you really make that your prayer right now. He is all that I want. He's all that I need. I mean, Jesus said this way. Matthew 6. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things. Somebody say all these things all these things will be added unto you. We, we have gotten confused because we live in a consumer mentality. Well, if I want it, I'll go get it. And if I don't like it there, I'll go somewhere else. But the Lord is not a consumer God. He is a God who is the all-sufficiency. He's everything we need. He's everything you could ever long for and imagine. And ultimately, every knee will bow before the throne of God and say, you are the Lord. You are the King of glory, the King of kings. And we need to, we need to long for Him now. We're just practicing the presence of God. We're just practicing that day when we stand before the throne room of God and we stand before Him with all the, all the elders and saints who've gone on before us and we worship Him. Holy Spirit, fill the temple today. Holy Spirit, have your way in our heart today. Lord, every brokenness that we feel, every emotional turmoil that has been raging within us, every heartache, 
every misinformed passion. Today we submit it to you. And we ask you, Lord Jesus, fill this room. Fill our hearts. Fill our minds. We long for you. We long for your touch. We long for your presence. We long to, to walk in step and in stride with the plans that you've laid before us. For your word says that the steps of a righteous person are order of you, God. May we walk in those steps today, Jesus. May we experience the fullness of your embrace today that says, my child, I love you. I care for you. I died on the cross for you, but I rose again that you could also rise with me. You don't have to walk in the slums, in the mud, be stuck any longer, but you can rise out of the ashes and know that I'm with you to embrace you and to hold you today. Will you rise with him? Will you step out of that darkness and into his marvelous light? Will you experience the fullness today, Jesus? Lord, we love you, Jesus. And we praise you. We honor you. And we embrace what you want to do in us today, Jesus. And we submit to that transforming. We submit to your plan today, God. Your will be done. Not ours, but your plan. And your purpose be fulfilled in this house. God, we give you praise, Jesus. We give you praise, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Would you just stretch your hands this way? Hallelujah. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. fresh wind and a fresh fire 
Lord, let there be a stirring in us, Lord Jesus, as we draw near to you, God. Let there be transformations in us, Lord Jesus. Your word says, draw near unto me, and I will draw near to you, God. I pray, Lord, that as we recognize that you are just, just a call away, that you're just waiting for us to come to you, I pray that today we'll make an effort, that we'll make a, a decision to truly surrender to you, to walk in your truth and to walk in your presence. Lord, today we need you to fill the temple. We need you, Lord Jesus, to fill our hearts. Strengthen us, O oh Lord. Renew our hope. Renew our vision and clarity of the throne room of God. For we are yours. We're yours, Lord Jesus. Created in you, in Christ Jesus, unto good works. Created in you, Lord, for purpose. Fulfill that purpose in us today, Jesus. Have your way in us today, Jesus. Hallelujah. Is your desire for him to fill the room? Look to somebody say, let him fill the room. That's all right, come on. Fill the room, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God is good, isn't he? Look to somebody and say, the presence of the Lord is in the house. Amen. Amen. You might be seated. Thank you so much. Praise team, thank you for your diligence and dedication. You know, today's Family Sunday, and I know we have our children with us and those who are not traveling. Seems like fall break has hit, and uh, there's a lot who are traveling this weekend, but we're glad for those who are here. Children, ch ch children, would you come here for a minute? Just come on up. Moan up here. Come on up here, right here. Just come right, come right over here. Y'all can sit on the steps. And... What in the world? Look at all these handsome and beautiful children. You guys look great. Who looks greatest? Oh, okay. I've got a message for him. <laughs> You're just like your daddy. <laughs> hey, um, there's a clock she's putting up here. Does any of you guys know how to read time? I mean, my kids would have to have a digital clock, but do y'all y'all know what that time says? You do? Go ahead. Eleven twenty. Eleven twenty, maybe. There's, why is there so many hands? That's about to drive me crazy. Which one's which? Oh, he read 1120. It's 1120. On that clock, though, I think it's either, it's either 1030, <laughs> whichever hand's correct there. But anyway, so that's hard reading that, that thing, isn't it? How many of you guys have a, an alarm clock? You have an alarm clock? You do? How many of you ever use your alarm clock? How many of you ever hit the snooze button like you cut it off and you go back to sleep? Oh, that's what 
That's what daddy does. The truth be told. I mean, look at that guy. When you wake up in the morning, do you wake up like, yes, it's time to get up? No? Oh, just hit the snooze button. <laughs> so what time, what time do you guys leave to go to church? What time do you have to leave to get here on time? So 9.15. Man, you leave early. 8 or 8.30. 10 o'clock. You, you're definitely a keeble. <laughs> Or from that generation, family, chambers, I understand. You know, um, so you have to get up because there's a specific time. I mean, when you go to school, you have to get up early, right? You have to make sure you're prepared and you have to go to, you have to get all your stuff. Seven, wow, 6.45. So what do you do on Sunday mornings when you get up to get ready for church? One of you. That's a good thing. Take a shower. Get up, get up, get dressed, fix that pretty hair, handsome hair, I'm sorry, handsome hair, and put your cologne on. That's what I'm talking about. In Honduras, we used to call it welly con jelly. I know that sounds, she said ooh, and is that, I mean, that's, you know, because when you wake up, you're already sweating, so you put, you put, you know, your cologne on to cover the sweat. <laughs> You know, guys, there's a, we have to get up. We have to get ready. There's always things we're having to prepare for. We have to prepare for school. We get up. We take a shower. We get dressed. We comb our hair. We put our cologne on. We do all those things. But you, did you realize there, that there's something else we have to prepare for, right? And that is Jesus, Jesus returning, Jesus coming back. That's right. Did you know that Jesus is coming back? Yeah. And, and, and when we recognize that Jesus is coming back, there's a scripture that says this in Matthew chapter 24, 36. It says, but of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father alone. And then verse 40, 42, it goes on, it says, therefore, be on alert, for you do not know the day which the Lord is coming. So think about what I mean. We don't really know, right, when the Lord is coming back, but... We have to be prepared, right? What, what, what can we do to be prepared for that day? Bennett? Ask Jesus to be in our heart. Read the Bible, the Word of God. Pray. Man, you guys are already in tune. These guys, they've got it together. Give. That's right. And I think I think goes along with that is actually... Serve like Jesus served. That's good stuff. Guys, thank you so much for, for joining me today. Can I pray over you guys? Is that all right? Father, I just pray for our wonderful young people of our church. I thank you, Lord, for uh, the generation that, that is here right now, that's right here beside me, recognizing, Lord, that the challenges that are ahead of us, they need your touch. They need your protection. But, Lord, more than anything, they need to be prepared. And I pray that we as the church are preparing our young people for what they will face in the near future. 
God, guard their hearts, protect their minds, and use us as a body to work together, to join together, to commit to discipleship and equipping our young people and our children. Father, bless them, touch them, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys. You may go and sit with your family. Amen. There's an old song that says, Coming soon, Jesus and all his glory, not just a Savior, but a reigning King. Coming soon, and the whole world will be witness. Oh, be ready, for he is coming soon. I might have started too high tonight. All his glory, not just a Savior, but a reigning King. Coming soon, and the whole world will be witness. Oh, be ready, for he is coming soon. We'll sing one more time. Coming soon, Jesus and all his glory, not just a Savior, but a reigning King. Coming soon, and the whole world will be witness. Oh, be ready, for he is coming soon. We don't know, do we? But we've got to be ready. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. That song, as I was preparing for this, just popped into my heart. It was, it was a song that I heard when I was 14 years old. That's just a few years ago. Um, I, was on, I was in Jekyll Island, Georgia at a Southern Gospel bluegrass singing and the Spencers, many of you might know the Spencers and McCamies and, and the Isaacs and all those groups. But uh, that song really ministered to me because, you know, we, we don't know when he's coming back. But we do need to be ready. It's good to see all of you here this morning. I know that I didn't do announcements earlier. And so because I didn't do announcements, I forgot to welcome all of our uh, guests with us this morning. We're so thankful that you're here and at some point, if you would be willing, we'd love you to take one of the visitor cards that are in front of you and fill that out. And you can leave it on the seat, and after church service, we'll pick that up. But uh, we really are thankful that you're here. We pray that the Lord um, will touch you. We pray that you will. Listen, I always say that we're going to treat you so many ways, you're going to like one of them. Uh, but we are thankful you're here. We're thankful for, for being able to join together in the kingdom of God to follow his plans. Uh, if you're here and you're visiting, um, I feel like we're a church that follows truth. We don't follow the whims of, of society. We recognize that, that what does it mean to be culturally relevant in this world isn't necessarily what God anticipates of us. We believe that, that the kingdom of God is what should influence culture, not culture influencing the kingdom of God. And though we might paint 
a, a paint scheme or a color. We might have a style of music. The reality is, is that ultimately it is the kingdom of God that is in the forefront of our hearts, and we will preach the truth. We'll preach that there is a heaven. We'll preach that there is a hell. We'll preach that sin is sin and it's wrong. We'll preach that a heart following after God will experience the presence and power of God and, and will be victorious. We will preach the truth. Amen? And we do that unapologetically because it's not uh, an agenda. It's the Word of God. And we want to make sure that we are following the Word of God. We want to make sure that, look, it, I do not want anyone to be deceived. I mean, Paul even said this, I would have you not be ignorant, brothers and sisters. And I, I wouldn't want anyone to be deceived from truth because there's a whole lot of Americanized Christianity that I believe uh, leads people to a very watered-down faith and that, that keeps people from truly committing themselves to God and, and fulfilling their purpose in the kingdom of God. But when we are truly surrendered to him, we see life in a different perspective. We see truth as, as it is and not as we have melted it into our cultural uh, norms. And we want to know that we're a body of, of believers who follow God. Is that okay? You, you grab that? You're with me? Amen. 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 So with that being said, I want us to really look at this scripture uh, with the understanding that we need to be urgently ready for the coming of the Lord. All right? 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 1. I'm, I'm actually using the ESV, guys, and, and I apologize that I, I threw a different version in there. It says, Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you. For you, you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. In other words, we don't know when it's coming. We've got to be prepared, right? While people are saying there's peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman. And they, and they will not escape. Verse 4, but you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night. Those who get drunk are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus. Father, I pray that we will all be ready. I preached last week on be still. And Lord, in other words, Lord, let there be peace in our heart, peace with you, knowing, God, that when we abide in your presence, when we reside in you, when we are, when we are truly committed and find our hope in you, we find rest. And I pray that we'll be ready for that day. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, when you look at this passage, uh, you know, we, we put chapters and verses in there. When in the original text, there wasn't chapters and verses, right? It was just a flow. We did that so that we can uh, better uh, categorize and better uh, find scripture. But this is a continuation of what took place in verse in chapter 4, and in the last part of chapter 4, he's, um, he's talking about the rapture or his coming 
back for us and, and for us to be ready for that moment. Uh, he, he calls it the, 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 the catching away uh, in that moment. And so we need to be ready for that time. You know, the idea is that there's a coming judgment. And, and we don't like to talk about the coming judgment too often. We don't like to think about that there's a judgment coming. Matter of fact, many people uh, frown upon the judgment of God, but reality is, is there's a judgment coming. Amen? And, and, and we need to be aware that this is coming. It's, it's, it's really a law of consequences, right? It's not that God is, is coming down to just wreak a havoc on mankind. It's literally a, a pulling back the restraints and allowing mankind to fulfill his own fleshly desires, which ends in, the Bible says that sin reveals itself in wrath. In other words, th therefore, wrath happens because of the, the heart of man being so corrupt, right? I mean, think about this. There's the law of gravity. Yeah, some of you know what that's like. Help me and I can't get up, right? And the older we get, we need, we need more help, right? It's like climbing up on top of a 12-story building and jumping off, hitting the ground, surviving and saying, I'm hurt. Somebody walks over and says, are you okay? Do I look okay? Right? Uh, the reality is, is that you fell off of a building and yes, you're hurt. In other words, would you expect not to be hurt jumping off of a 12-story building? No, right? There's a law of electricity, right? I mean, you turn off the power to change the receptacle for a purpose. Otherwise, you have curly hair like this guy. I mean, or you have no hair like this one. In other words, when you grab a hold of that hot wire, you, it doesn't take you long to realize it's hot. And you let go rapidly. I remember uh, in the house that I grew up in in Belton, South Carolina, somebody had grounded the house to the water pipes. <laughs> and so I went out to turn the water on one day and I got a awakening. The problem is, is that when I grabbed it, it, it's as if it wouldn't let me go because it's like my hands could not move. And I'm like, oh God, help. Law. So we have consequences. It's like driving down the road. We have laws that govern our speed for our safety and, and, and though some of you don't like them. Um, we still have to abide because when you know we going down, we're going down the road and we're traveling a, a hundred miles an hour down this road, and somebody pulls us over with blue lights. We can't just say, "Why did you stop me?" Consequences. Well, the fact is, is that the Lord gave us parameters. He gave us. These laws for the protection of us. It's, it's, it's interesting that, that to meet, that when we think about this, this idea of, of God's restraints, and, and I believe that's what so many of the world is kicking against because God placed the church in a, in a realm to teach us, to hold us in these parameters. And we see that our voice 
is being diminished more and more as our society has those restraints are being removed from them, right? I mean, think about this. Proverbs chapter 29, 18 says, where there's no vision or where there's no revelation. In other words, where the word of God is not being implemented and taught, it says that my people perish. Another version says that they become unrestrained. And when you think about that, what happens is that when people lose their restraints, they become defenseless. They become un unequipped. Literally, it means they become naked. And, and, and what that means is that they're facing the war of their life and they're going out without any armor on because they have not followed the parameters that God has placed around them. And God places those parameters not for us to be unhappy, but for our protection. Amen? The church has stood against the rising tide of evil trying to warn man of the consequences that, that what they're doing and what they are trying to do leads them to pain. It leads them to destruction. The church has spoken out against abortion. The church has spoken out against homosexuality. The church has spoken out against, uh, against pornography. The church has spoken out against easy divorce and all these things that the church has tried to, to help society and guard them because the church is giving out the message that God cares for you. Romans chapter 1 literally highlights the depravity of mankind when it said at its apex, it literally said that he will give them over to a reprobate mind. What's it saying? He said, if they continue in this manner, I'm going to take my hands off of them and you're going to really see the depravity of mankind. I mean, you cannot watch present day news and not realize that craziness is taking place. You cannot look at our society, the wokeness of our society, and not realize that there is a restraint that's being let loose from our society. I mean, when you look at Revelation chapter 12, it says, Woe! to the inhabitants of the earth, for the devil has been cast down to you, right? I mean, we need to realize that the enemy is on full force attack against the body of Christ, and we cannot sit back silent. I'm not saying that we become activists politically, but we do have to carry the word of God, and we have to, we have to perpetuate the things that God says are truth. Amen. <laughs> yes, Lord. Because there's going to be a catching away. And are we ready for that catching away? There's going to be a moment when the Lord comes back to receive his own. And are we ready for that moment? And that's what the scripture here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 is all about. Being ready. Knowing that the time is coming. Now we believe that the church will be caught away before the tribulation. At least some believe that it will happen uh, before the tribulation at least believe that it may happen in the middle of the tribulation. But the reality is, is that are we ready for what will happen no matter what? I mean, because we've been blessed, right? We have 
been absolutely, uh, overwhelmingly blessed with opportunity to, to be able to come to church, to be able to have a word of God in our home, to be able to openly share, no matter where we are, the truth of God. Now, we are coming under greater attack to be able to share that truth, but the reality is, is we still have the ability to share. Amen? I mean, we're not living in the Middle East where we try to uh, share about Jesus Christ, and because of our sharing in that in, the, in some of those countries, we'd literally be uh, given the death penalty trying to proselyte a Muslim to Christianity. Did you realize that that takes place? Did you realize that, that they're overwhelmingly being murdered and slaughtered in their homes? They have to, if they go to a church, they go in fear of, of someone attacking them or their building being destroyed because of their faith. And we go around so prideful thinking that, you know, well, nothing bad will happen to us or nothing uh, should take place like that because we're God's children. Yet, these are God's children. So when we say that, that oh, the, we will be raptured before the tribulation, I'm just saying, are you willing to accept that you may have to face some tribulation? And is your faith strong enough that when tribulation comes, that you trust Jesus enough that you can say, I will serve him no matter what. Amen? We have to be ready for those moments. You're not going to hear this on TV, guys. Unless you're watching online right now. But we do need to be ready. We need to have our hearts in tune with what the Lord wants to do with us and what do we do in the midst of this season in our life. Paul's writing to them concerning the times and seasons when the Lord will return for his church. And let, let, me, let, it, let me emphasize this. No man knows the day nor the hour the Son of Man comes. I'm thankful for end-day prophecies. I'm thankful for uh, great heroes of the faith like George Britt who was from this area who wrote who wrote the book, When Dust Shall Sing. And, and I'm thankful for all those who look at present day times and, 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 and try to identify the, in the prophetic what's going to take place. But in reality, no one knows the day nor the hour the Son of Man comes. Not the angels in heaven, not the Son, but the Father alone knows when He's coming back, right? So therefore, we need to grab a hold and look at this and times and understand that there are seasons and times that we can understand, right? Jesus kind of chided the Pharisees and, and he told them, he said, look, you can look at the skies and you can depict the weather, right? For the Pharisees, they would look at the sky uh, in the evening and if it, it was a red uh, hue in the evening, they would say, well, tomorrow's going to be great weather, and if they got up in the morning and it was a red hue in the morning, they'd say, it's not going to be good weather today. And so Jesus chided and said, look, you, you have the ability to look at the, at the sky and tell the times and seasons of weather. We need to be more in tune with what the Spirit of God is doing around us. Amen? Be aware of what God is trying to uh, fulfill in us. What were the signs of the time for his coming? Jesus warned that iniquity on earth would abound, causing the love of many to wax cold or to grow cold. Think about that. 
And the Bible talks about a great falling away. And, and I believe that. And, and forgive me for... Uh, no, I'm not asking for forgiveness for that. I believe that there's a great falling away, but it's not in the, in the idea of what we think of great falling away. I believe that the, the heart of mankind is growing colder and colder for the things of God. And the great falling away is the fact that people have put other pleasures in front of their relationship with God. And because, because more and more people are finding their pleasures in themselves and their comforts and joys of just satisfying their own flesh, there's not the passion and drive for the purpose of God to be fulfilled in their life any longer. And so in, a, in that sense, we find that there's a falling away of the body of Christ. Where are the people right now? I mean, think about this. I mean, and, I, and I'm not trying to, to take away the fact that people take vacation. Look, you, you do yourself a favor and take a vacation every while. But not every Sunday. And, and let me encourage you in this, that when you take a vacation, you're not taking a vacation from God. Take God with you. Let him be God. If you're in a camper, in a tent, or in a hotel, or wherever you're at, let God be God wherever you are. Amen? Amen. But there's a, a growing cold. Evil days would get worse and worse. Sound familiar? Men would be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. They would be uh, a breakdown of the family. Men would, would lose their commitment. They would be commitment breakers. Children would be rebellious against the authority of parents. Boy, it sure is quiet up in here. These are the signs that the Word of God gives us to help us to understand times and seasons. Jesus warned that men would develop a capacity to, to destroy mankind. Think of that. One of the great signs would be that Israel would become a nation again. We see all these things being fulfilled before our eyes. Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. In other words, just like the days of Noah, so we can look back at Genesis chapter 6 and we see that there were some things taking place. There was a population explosion. Sadly, as there would probably be a population explosion if we hadn't murdered 63 million babies because of abortion. People began to multiply on the face of the earth. Men's minds were polluted. The thoughts and imaginations of man's hearts were only on evil continually. The earth was corrupt and filled with violence. I don't know about you, but I remember the day growing up where we never locked the door. We'd leave our little community in Belton, South Carolina and go wherever we were going and, and we'd have friends call. We, I felt like we were the dire hotel. My parents would, you know, receive a phone call and so-and-so pastor was traveling through and they'd say, well, the house is open, just go to your normal bedroom, you're fine. We used to leave all the doors unlocked. We, 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 we left keys in the car, it was no big deal, right? 
Boy, how times have changed. His coming would be as a thief in the night to those who are living in darkness. In other words, for those who, who have their eyes fixed on Jesus, it won't be a thief in the night. For those who have their hearts prepared, I mean, look, you've got to realize that there were five, I said this last week, there, there were five wise virgins and there were five unwise. And when I think that they all had the vestiture of, of being one of those, I feel like every one of them were probably sitting in a pew. So in other words, there are those who sit in pews all across the world that are not ready for his coming. They're not ready because they're not looking to him. They're not, they're not depending on him. They're not committed to him. They're not following his plan. They're not servants of God. They're, they're only a part of the religious activities. They make themselves happy. They make themselves feel good by coming to church. But do they know Jesus as their savior? Are they living for him as the king of their life? Is their life submitted to him that when Jesus says go, they go. When Jesus says do, they do because he is their all and all. I mean, you cannot read the word of God. We have watered it down so, so bad that it's as if in our Americanized gospel that you can do anything you want to do, and it's okay. Jesus loves you. It's okay to go out and fornicate. Now, I'll use fornicate since the children are here, so I don't know what that means. Y'all can explain later. It's okay to go out and do whatever you want to do and live however you want to live and, oh, Jesus, for forgive me. I mean, we're living in that kind of society that no matter what you do, just, just ask for forgiveness. It'll be all right. But there are people who came to Jesus and said, I did this in your name. And this is what he said. Depart from me. I never knew you, you workers of iniquity. Guys, we have to know that our relationship with God is a relationship. That it's something that we communicate. It's something that we live by. It's something that we, when we wake up and we go to bed, look, it, it's, it's, I mean, it's likened to a spouse, right? Now, I don't know what kind of uh, environment you have been raised in and how your family unit has looked over the years but but I'm thankful for a mom and dad who who even though wasn't perfect was chaotic at times showed me what it was to to fight through the hard times to love each other and to care even when it was sometimes it was tough but they grew together and so walking with the Lord Jesus, it means that we have to, every night, lay down beside that person. No wonder the Bible says, be angry, not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath, right? Somebody put on their post the other day, says, um, I'm trying to decide to wake up. I know, it says, uh, I almost woke up grumpy. And they took a picture of their spouse and Be careful now, right? I didn't say man or woman. That's up. That's all your own figment of your imagination. 
But the reality is, is that we are partnering in a covenant relationship with God. And that relationship is not to be broken. It's to be unified. It's to be together. And I'm not supposed to go to bed at night with animosity in my heart. And therefore, I have to work things out. And we need to work things out with our Lord and Savior. We need to be in right relationship with Him. We need to walk in His truth. We need to walk in His presence and recognize that, that if we're not walking with Him, it may come as a thief in the night. And are you ready for that moment? Are we ready? Wherever we go, if Jesus was to show up, how would we feel? That's good preaching, Pastor Paul. Come on. Jesus warned that his coming would be a, as a thief. I mean, in Revelation 3 and 3, to the church of Sardis, Jesus said this, Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief, and you will not know the, what hour I will come upon you. If you not watch, are we watching? Jesus was constantly warning them to be watchful and to be ready in Luke's gospel According to Jesus in Luke 12 and 37, it says, Blessed are those servants whom the master, when he comes, will find them watching. Amen. You are not in the darkness. This is verse 4 out of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. You are not in darkness that the day should overtake you as a thief. Look, the world is stumbling around in darkness, right? I mean, we can look at the world, we recognize they're stumbling around in darkness. They're, they're unaware of the signs of the return of God because if they recognize what we recognize in the Spirit of God, that this world is becoming corrupt and that the hearts of man have, have, have turned toward all desires and pleasures of self, if we could see these things taking place in the Spirit, then, then how much more do we need to warn others of these ending times, Right? I mean, they're walking around, they think they're awoke, but all they have woken to is their flesh. Because if they were awakened to the things of God, there would be such a, a, a respect and fear, uh, fear of the Lord in their heart that they would want to submit to God and they would say, well, wait a minute. And I remember as a, as a young, I was not even a teenager yet, but Back then, we were able to stay home when we were younger. These days, we're, we're afraid for them to stay home when they're 12 and 13. But I remember as a, I was about eight years old, and the bus dropped me off, and I was home by myself. And, and I got to thinking about the end times. I got to thinking about that, you know, the Lord's coming back. And I, and I, I got nervous. So I, I began to look out the door and I started looking around the neighborhood. I didn't see any cars. I didn't see any people. And I called my mom. I'm like, you know, if mom answers, we good. <laughs> and I called her and it just kept on ringing and it kept on ringing. I had them old phone. You know what I'm saying? And she didn't answer. Man, I sat there and I boo-hooed, God, forgive me, Lord. I'm sorry, you've left me behind, oh God. 
And, and, it, and it seems funny to us because it was. But do we have that sense of being left behind that drives us to want to make our relationship right with God? Does, do we even think about it anymore? Do we, do we even allow that to become an object in our thinking of when we're doing what we're doing or, and, and, and where we're going and how we live our life? Is it even a figment of our imagination that Jesus is coming back and it's going to be soon? We don't know what it's going to be, but we know by the signs of the times that, that the Word of God has laid out before us that it is coming quicker than we could ever imagine. It is going to happen sooner than later. And we need to be ready. <laughs> Amen? I mean, even Peter uh, basically told them, his, uh, he was saying that there were those who were saying, where's this promise coming? Since our fathers have fallen asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning. In other words, they were scoffing at him saying, oh, that's just happening. We've gotten so caught up in the people saying, well, you've been saying that all your life. You've been saying that all this. It's been, it's been being said all these years, but we don't know. It may not be for some that were caught up in the rapture. But just in the last two weeks, just in the last two weeks, we've experienced, some of us personally, or heard about, three people under 45 who've passed away. Two from heart attacks, one with corona. We don't know when the day's coming. We don't know. I mean, and, and I'm not fear-mongering here. I want you to understand, I'm not trying to bring fear into your heart. I want to bring a prep preparedness in your mind. I'm wanting us to sharpen one another as iron sharpens iron. I want us to, to, to be prepared and, and want to be prepared, have a desire that, that we long for that moment that Jesus comes back and that we're ready and we're looking for it, that, we're, that our eyes are attentive and our minds are watchful because we don't know when it's going to happen. And we don't walk around in fear thinking, is Jesus coming back? No, we walk around saying, thank you, Jesus, I'm ready for your coming. We walk around in a peace knowing that our lives are in tune with God, knowing that our relationship is where it needs to be with God. Oh, what a joy that is. What a peace in knowing. Do we want to, uh, you know, as one old preacher said, he says, I'm ready for Jesus to come back, but I'd, I'd rather not get on the bus today. I'm ready for Jesus to come back. Do I want to see my family continue to grow and see the successes and, and the ministries and whatever that God puts in their heart? Yes, I want to see that. But if Jesus chooses to come back today, then praise God. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, right? Are we ready? I mean, when you think of the catechism the, the cataclysmic shifts and upheavals in our society. And I'm going to close if you want to come on. Because I, I want to make sure we have plenty of time to do our communion. And we do have someone being baptized today. So I want to lean in that direction. When you think about the upheavals in society that's taking place. I mean, we, we act like, you know, 
um, there's not those huge shifts. But you can look at, at history. You can look at the, the Sahara Desert, for example. It used to be lush and beautiful. And there were shifts that took place. And, and, and reality is, is that we can find these shifts. We can see these things happening. But I want us to grab a hold of the fact that you should not be stumbling in the darkness for you are children of light. And I know that we can talk about that religiously, but even philosophically, when you think of, when you think of light and darkness, there is a, a sense of light being uh, understanding and darkness being depravity. And it's kind of like when we talk about light, we talk about, we see a light bulb, right, over us. Like, woo, an idea. When we see the light bulb, woo, an idea, right? Light. And we need to have the light of God in our hearts. We need to have the understanding of God in us. We need to have the, the grasp of, of, of what God wants to do in our lives. The understanding the Lord wants us to see and grab a hold of the understanding as light, the, the end of times is coming. Children of light should, how should we live? Well, one is we should be very aware of our atmosphere. You know, I, I'm, not one, I'm not one to perpetuate you to watch the news all the time because the news can be discouraging, right? But I do think we need to be keenly aware of what is taking place within the world. What's happening in, in the Middle East? How is that lining up with, with the, what the Word of God says? What's happening with Israel? And how are we, how are we connected? We need, to know, we need to be aware of these things. We don't need to be in the dark when it comes to uh, of the atmosphere and the ideas of what's taking place. We need to look at European community, are they coming together? We, we, some believe that, that when the European community uh, comes together, it's, it's kind of a part of that world-dominating empire, empire that may rule the world. We don't know. Somebody said about, there'll be a one-world uh, economy. Well, we're getting close. I mean... We not recognize that the dollar is used for for transactions around the world. We're getting close, guys. Do we understand these 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 things are taking place? I mean, so it said that we should be we should be aware of of all the significant events, but we also should be sober. I mean, look, the world is walking around unaware that, that the Lord is coming back and they're just doing whatever they want. They're going through the streets, breaking up things. There's murderous things happening on the streets. I mean, somebody said, I was talking to somebody about going to Honduras. I said, oh, that's, that's, that's the murder capital of the world. I said, dude, wait a minute. I said, have you been to Chicago lately? Have you been to the inner city of New Jersey, uh, or New York, New York City? Have you been to, you know, San Francisco? Look, it's ugly. Violence is breaking out everywhere. People are anti-authority. 
I think that's what we have to be careful as the body of Christ because Jesus even told us that we need to respect the authority that God has placed over us. We need to be careful of rebellion because rebellion is a sin of witchcraft. Jesus submitted himself to the authorities of the day even though it meant that he was crucified by them. Mm. Be sober. I mean, the world is intoxicated by its pleasure. Intoxicated, drunk on just the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the the pride of life. Just, let me just do what I want to do. Seekers of pleasure. The prophet said it this way. They've sown to the wind. And the time has come when they'll reap the whirlwind. Look, God's calling us to a pure life. He's calling us to a life that is is honoring of Him. Romans chapter 13 and 11 says this. And do this, knowing that the time, knowing the time, that now is the, it is high time to wake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in rivalry and drunkenness, but not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and in envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. It goes on and talks about us putting on the breastplate of hope. Guys, we have the greatest message for the world. Faith, hope, and love. We have the greatest message. But do we recognize the urgency of getting that message across? Do we recognize that we are so close to the end? And how much more do we want others to experience the peace that we have knowing that our hearts are ready. How much more do we want them to know that Jesus Christ is the Lord and that the only way to the Father is through Him and they can live a good life, quote unquote. They can be a good person, but without Jesus, they will not make heaven their home. Without a relationship with Jesus Christ, hell is awaiting. Does that not want us to go out and let everybody know? As this old song says, go tell it on the mountain. Over the hills and everywhere, go tell it on the mountain. That Jesus Christ is Lord we got to shout it from the mountaintops. we got to tell somebody. We've got to get excited. Does your, wor- does your co-workers know that you love Jesus? Do they know that you live for God? And are you willing to maybe offend them a little bit to tell them every once in a while that Jesus loves you? Are you willing to say every once in a while... 
man, the peace that I feel is so awesome. And they look at you and it's like, man, whatever they got, I want. No man knows the date or the hour that the Son of Man comes, but are we ready? Amen? Brother McGarity, I know that you don't like me to put you on the spot, but I need your help. Will you lead us in communion while I prepare to baptize someone? I appreciate that. If you'd say this morning, Pastor, I'm not sure if I'm ready to make heaven my home. I hear what you're saying. I hear what what you're talking about. But if Jesus was to step out on the clouds of glory right now, I'm not sure I would be ready to go with him. I'm not sure that I would make heaven my home. If that's you this morning, look, I know that I'm not having everybody's eyes closed. Look, this is a moment to say, look, I want to make it right. This is a testimony to say, I want to be right with Jesus. You say, I'm not sure. Would you be willing to raise your hand right now? I'm not sure, Pastor. It's all right. We're all, we're all together. We want to make sure you're, we're, you're ready. We want to make sure, man, I don't want anyone to perish. Even the Lord says, I don't, it's not my will for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. Young people, are you ready? If the Lord was to come back right now, would you know that you'd make heaven your home? And if not, today you can make that decision. Today you can turn your life over to the Lord. Children, if you're not sure, today you can make that decision. You can say, Lord, I trust you. I surrender my life to you. Would you raise your hand if you'd like to make heaven your home today? If you haven't, if you haven't made that decision or if you're unsure, would you raise your hand right now? So what you're saying to me is that when I walk out this door, if something happens, I'm ready. That's what we're saying. Well, praise God then. Amen. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this moment. I thank you, Lord, for the privilege of being able to share your word. I thank you, Lord, for the conviction of making sure that everyone knows you as their Lord and Savior. And I pray that my attitude and my actions and my character will display the love of God wherever I am. That the fruits of the Spirit will be imminent and that they will see your love shining through me. And I pray that to be real and relevant to every single one in this room. Let us know you fully. And let us be committed and surrendered to you. And if not, if we are today deceiving ourselves, I pray that you will open our eyes to truth. God, that you will not let us continue in deception. But Lord, let it be real in our heart, a true transformation, a true repentance, that we follow your will and we follow your way. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Brother McGarity is going to lead you.
Ushers, if you would come. stand in his presence. When Jesus went back to heaven, he left us with three visible reminders of his presence on this earth for the church to remember and to participate. One of them is the ordinance of water baptism, of which we're going to observe now in a moment, where a person acknowledges publicly the Lord Jesus Christ. A second ordinance of the church is communion, about which we're to participate, representing his blood and his broken body. And then there's feet washing to remind us that we're on a journey. On this journey, we may be saved, but we get our feet dirty. Sometimes we just have to ask for forgiveness. Going back to communion, it's the same way. Paul says it's a time for introspection, to look inwardly, to see where you are right now with your relationship with God. And he says that there are people who don't take it seriously. He said, it's a very serious matter. Because he said, some of you have become sick and others have died because you have not truly observed the Lord's communion. So in this moment, let us look inward. As Pastor had said today, for the lost, you can come to Christ and find him today and participate for the very first time. Another thing I think about communion is that this may be the last time you may participate, either by unexpected death or by His coming. So let's make this moment special. Let's obey Him with a reverent heart.
searched your heart? Where are you in your relationship with Christ? As we participate in this ordinance, the Lord knows who we are in our relationship with Him. So in thanksgiving and appreciation of His sacrifice and His broken body, would you receive the bread. And in total appreciation for his shed blood of which there would be no remission of sin if it hadn't been for his sacrifice. Would you with thanksgiving, would you receive? I think that's a cause for celebration. Praise Him! Celebrate Him! Glorify Him! You love Jesus? Amen. I'm going to ask the Guardado family if you will come and if you'd like to stand up here and, and participate in this moment. Young people, would you come and just stand behind these guys right here? Would you just come and line up behind here in support of brother? Y'all can come too. Good to have um, John, Will, and Justin, and Noah. They're, they're from Loretto, Tennessee, and uh, we went over there this week, and they, they jumped in the car with us, and we just brought them back. 
pray for my food budget in my house with these extra teenagers. Come on down. One another family, if you'll just come up closer. Awesome. Come on, Mr. Stephen. I met Stephen a few years ago on the soccer field. And um, there were some various cultures represented. And um, he was wearing a Honduras shirt. I'm like, Honduras! And I didn't even have any idea that he's actually half Honduran. And so one of these days, I mean, I'm going to take him to Honduras with me so he can experience Honduras. But I've watched this young man over the last two years just to see his character, his desire. And I've been super impressed with just his manners, his, his maturity. And the other day, we, were, I, we have a homeschool co-op, and, and I teach Spanish poorly, but I teach it. But he, um, he came to me afterwards and said, Pastor, I got saved a couple years ago, but I've never made that step to be baptized, and I want to be baptized. I said, let's do it. So I'm super happy that he's made that decision, and I know that... Um, I've got another one coming pretty soon, right? Brooklyn, right? Got saved just a few days ago or a few weeks ago. And so next, it's your turn. Looking forward to it. Anything you want to share? He's not a big talker. Step on this side right here. You've accepted the Lord Jesus as your Savior, right? Yeah. Yes. You want to follow Him in obedience. Step this way. It's my pleasure and honor as a servant of God to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
blessed week. Remember, uh, we have a lot of exciting things going on in October. Look at the bulletin. Be aware of those things. Um, we're going to be handing out some invite cards for um, Buy Tree Change of Life. If you would like to help sponsor a banner or something like that, we, we want every dime to be able to go towards missions locally and globally for children. And if you'd like to say, Pastor, I want to sponsor signage or I want to sponsor a tent or I want to sponsor, be a part of that, uh, we'll put your name. I mean, you may not want this, but we'll put your name uh, as a sponsor on all of our advertisements. So it can be an advertisement for your, for your business as well. But also, you're saying, I'm sponsoring missions locally and globally. So if you are a business owner or you feel like you can go to your local business and invite them to participate, we'd love that. Uh, not only that, if you'd like to be one of the first ones that says, we want to purchase a, a live tree for our business to say and that, that will state on it, put a little sign on it that says that we sponsor Buy Tree Change of Life, that we're a part of this missions project locally and globally. We also want, you're also welcome to do that, but help us, help us out. Let us, uh, let us see how much funds we can raise uh, to reach children around the world and locally. Think about it, pray about it, be a part of it. Let's get busy. Amen. God bless you guys. Love you.